0: Let's pray together. Loving God, on this beautiful, beautiful morning, we thank you for all the gifts of grace that you give us. And we thank you for giving us a future that is filled with promise and hope. In the middle of everything that would discourage us from thinking that you've prepared that future. By your grace and in your Holy Spirit, Prepare our minds and hearts today through this message to receive your future filled with hope. And this we pray for in the blessed name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Welcome. I am so glad to see you all. And words really can't express how much I value our time together. And as I I blessed back to school supplies collected by our United Methodist Women, thank you very much, that I brought over to Hanover Elementary School and blessed children as they crossed Main Street from Rice over to their first day of school, I reflected on how important it is to value the people in our community who are this church's future. Your being here today confirms to them that this church, this group of people, seeking God you're truly the heart of South Meriden a community that needs faith at its heart to succeed in the 21st century we surround ourselves with all of these beautiful things from years gone by and we celebrate people in our church who have been such steadfast supporters of Jesus in this place but now more than ever the church is about God's present and God's future Futures just don't happen. Amen? Futures are the result of what we invest in. And by invest, I don't necessarily mean financial investments, though it's important to invest our money well. Investing in our future means doing what's needed today to bring the tomorrow that we intend to live in. It's a complicated world. And what we do today does not control what tomorrow is going to be 100%. After all, God, ourselves, and others, have, we all have free will, and, and things change. But how we invest today as a church for God's tomorrow determines who we are today. We come today to share in the daily bread of Jesus at our communion table, a sign of how God intends us to set the table in God's future. By taking communion today, we show how we intend to invest in God's future today and forever. Who are we today as Christians? What does our spiritual bank account tell us about how we have lived into God's future? For our own lives, have we invested in the discipleship that's required to give us the emotional, spiritual, and mental strength and purpose to rejoice in God's world today as if it were already God's future. For the life of our community, outside our doors, are we really leaning into God's future with our neighbors, embracing every new and old neighbor as someone to be embraced in the love of Jesus, no matter who they are and how they are. And for the life of God's world, are we purifying our thoughts and actions in the love of Jesus defining our world outlook, not in terms of our past success or failure, but in the hopeful light of God's promises for what a future filled with hope might look like. These are not idle questions. They're the questions that determine our share in God's future. Whether we think about it or not, whether we like it or not, We are all investors in God's future. We're all shareholders in the body of Christ. Amen? And unlike the world of finance, we can't buy our way into a place at God's table. We can't succeed our way, by the world's measure, into a place at God's table. We can't dominate our way into a place at God's table. As Jesus reminds us in today's reading from Luke's Gospel, the people who think that they deserve the best places at God's table are likely to be the first to be reseated in God's future. No. We need to find our share in God's future a better way. The consequences of not finding a better way to invest in God's future are clear. Jeremiah, a great prophet of Israel, wept for the corruption of his people that led to the destruction of their past, their present, and their future. They lost everything, everything, their land, their houses of worship, their traditions, their culture. Their king was blinded by his conquerors, and he was chained and led through the streets of Babylon, a slave to their king. The fall of Jerusalem in the time of Jeremiah seemed to destroy any future that Israel had with God. Jeremiah put it this way in today's reading from his prophecy They pursued what was worthless and became worthless. We become what we pursue. We become what we pursue. And if we pursue the past or live only in the present, spending our lives in what is already spent or being spent, then we're going to have a problem. We will have turned our backs on investing in God's future. And the people of Israel had done this big time. They compromised everything and everyone, including their faith, to pretend that the world had stood still for them. That God would accept IOUs at the table of God instead of solid investments in God's mercy and grace. We have, as a nation and as a world, done this for many, many years. In the 1970s, powerful people in the world of finance began to define a concept called shareholder value. The idea seems simple enough. The purpose of a corporation, these leaders said, was to maximize shareholder value. Every three months, every quarter, the stock markets would judge the performance of a corporation based on this goal. In other words, short-term profits were the reason for corporations to exist, period. There was no future. Only the present had value. Half a century later, we can see the results of this everywhere. Greed has consumed our planet and so many minds and hearts and souls. Nothing has been left for the future, and the present is becoming more grim for many people, if not most. For most people in the world, working wages can't support what we used to consider normal families and a normal community. Perhaps your bank account is looking pretty good right now, and if so, then be grateful. But on a global scale, we are morally bankrupt as shareholders in God's kingdom. Well, I sound a lot like Jeremiah this morning, and yet, in the middle of this, there is hope. God's hope. Jeremiah told the truth about the past and present of Israel, but he also told the truth about God's future. Jeremiah 29.11 says that in Jeremiah Jeremiah 29.11, he told the fallen people of Israel what God had told him to say. For surely I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your future for your welfare, and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. In the middle of devastation, the faith that would give Israel a future was not only reborn, it was defined. The Old Testament as we know it today was edited and formed in the time of Jeremiah. In the time of defeat, a life-giving way to experience the living God's future began to take shape. Investing in God's future takes courage. Courage that comes from God's strength, not our own. Investing in God's future takes vision. Vision that comes from God, not us. Investing in God's future takes discipline. Discipline defined by God's grace, what lifts us up when we fall short. Investing in God's future takes the willingness to let God's future define our present reality not just times to come that we can't see. And we may not see the results of God's future to our liking in our own time or perhaps in even our grandchildren's time. But we can see what it can look like today with everything that we do in faith and see the hope of a future filled with God's promises taking shape today. In a field in Middletown, just a few miles up the road. God's future is taking shape. First United Methodist Church Middletown sold their old building five years ago. They couldn't afford to keep it up anymore. So they did what other churches do to build God's future. They worshiped in an Elks Club in Middletown for four years and planned for a future filled with God's promises. Four years ago, I discovered a field for sale that the church could afford to build on. Today, on that field, the first new United Methodist Church in our state for a long, long time is rising up. Amen? God is not done yet with the Methodist movement here, there, or anywhere. When we value our shares in God's future, I have no idea whether that church will succeed or not. What I do know is that churches who decide to invest in the communities who they serve are investing in God's future where it needs to take shape. This church, this people known as church, we are planted right where God needs us to build God's future. Your life, in everything that you do, and everything that you pray for, and everything that we can do today for the future of God's world is precious beyond measure in the eyes of God, who's preparing a table for us in God's future. Your faith matters. Your faith is valuable. Not because of you or me or us, but because of who we will become together at God's table. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we are the shareholders in God's future who will define its value in God's world. Together, as God's church, let's define today the present reality of God's future on earth and hold one another accountable for our progress towards God's future. God's not done with God's world, and neither should we be done with God's world. Invest in God's future today together and claim your seat at the table of grace. Amen. Our hymn of response is for... It's time now for the prayers of people. When we lift up our joys and our concerns, um, a concern that came to our attention... Uh, Just before worship, Christine Hay had to uh, go to the emergency care room. She got a bad scald on her skin there. And we pray for her healing. We pray. I think we did those last week. Unless I'm missing my numbers. This week we are praying for Mark C., who had a heart attack. We pray that he has healing there. We pray for Wesley Holmes, who is in hospice. We pray for all of our people who are shut-ins, who have a hard time making it to uh, worship. pray especially today for Linda Peregrin, who has... um, Major challenges with her knees after two surgeries, and her surgery for a, a third knee operation has been delayed. So you can understand that she is in a, in a grim place in her thinking and her spirit. So I ask special prayers for Linda also. And we do pray for this world, and we pray and thanks for all the children of our community who are who are back in school. And what a joy it is to see them going through our streets to get knowledge again. It's just a joy to see that happening right on our footstep. And I, I did have uh, the joy also of um, attending the graduation ceremony for Star Cubs. They uh, they had the end of their semester, their, um, and the kids are going back to school after, after the summertime, so they had a special ceremony in there in their facility and that was a joy to see all the kids celebrating their advancement we also pray for our community we never know what we get it's like a box of chocolates I pray to get a hot dog from the hot dog stand (laughs) I guess somebody was hungry I pray that he got his hot dog. Let's pray together. Well, loving God, in your divine mercy, rejoice in everything that you give us, and yet, dear Lord, we know how often we fall short of your expectations. We trust in you, dear Lord, that everything that challenges us, be it physically, emotionally, spiritually, your future is calling us into a place of promise, a place of hope. And we know, dear Lord, that even for those who are suffering right now in our midst, that you have prepared good things for them here and in your world to come. We have nothing to fear in you, dear Lord. You bring us nothing but good, nothing but joy. And so we pray that you will watch over us, your people, heal everybody who can be healed, lift up everybody who can be lifted up, and empower us as your servants in Christ.